So, yeah, yeah, I've never used that pedal, those pedals. So I'm not, I'm not yeah, sure. I um, there's uh, there's two of them that I'm looking at. Uh, Mike Mechanics two, which I guess is an upgrade. Wait, from... did you say Mike and the Mechanics? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mike and the Mechanics. Well, if all you need is a miracle, I would go with the Mike and the Mechanics. <laughs> okay, is that is that the song that they're famous for? <laughs> yeah, all Sorry. I need is a miracle. <laughs> discuss and review underground experimental and not so underground and experimental music sometimes uh, but it's always with a focus on the iowa and midwest scene and i gotta tell you today we are definitely going to discuss some not so much underground and experimental music and that's okay normalize normalcy normalize normalcy i think and also moralize Morrissey. Moral. That would be a good idea, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a good one. Oh, I don't know how anything can follow that one up, Eric. <laughs> yeah, um, well, just thanks for listening. And, uh, yeah, that's uh, the show. I'm, as far as I'm concerned, that's the show. So I'm out, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> um, so, all right. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to my much less funny thing. Oh, good. Uh, which I... I, I <laughs> Do you remember the drink Icy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I used to love Icy. I, who didn't yeah, love Icy? I love I, Icy's. Yeah. yeah. Um, so there were only three flavors that I remember, and that's cherry, blue raspberry, and cola. Yeah. Yep. And depending on the day, the weekend that you went, they might not have blue raspberry, but they'll have cola. I used to always have them mix up the cherry and the cola or... Yeah. The cherry and the blue raspberry. Well, I loved. I never tried more. that. That's intense. Yeah. They were they were both really good. Did you know that? First of all, I came across somehow. I came across the icy website today. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, 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 man. You yeah, just, absolutely. You're just clicking around, and I am not going to tell you how I ended up on this icy <laughs> website. That, okay. We're just going to leave that to the imagination. Okay. <laughs> All right. So I, I go into this website, and mm-hmm. the first thing it says is Icy is America's original fantastic frozen treat. <clears throat> Indisputable. So Indisputable. I mean, uh, indisputable, yes. Because I, no one else even makes a product called that. So. <laughs> no one at all. All right. So check this out. So I start looking, and here's flavors and promotions. Uh-huh. Did you know that? There are several flavors. No one ever told me about this, and I'm very upset with people. Um, what people? So the people at the movie theater? A, <laughs> no, the icy people. The, the people who liked icies, you know, icy people. I see dead people. So did you know there's a banana-flavored icy? <laughs> no. No, was there like yeah. a group of icy fans? Well, check this something? out. Funny you mentioned that, Eric. Uh, on this website, there's actually a I can actually join the IC family on oh, the website. Shit. Okay. There's a family. Wow. Yeah. Okay, but you got this this is unbelievable. You gotta hear these flavors, man. Okay. So blood orange. There's a blood orange IC. Mm, that sounds good. Blue lemonade. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, made out of blue lemons. Um, wow. The blue raspberry. We talked about that one. Mm-hmm. Blue strawberry. Not a thing. Blue <laughs> vanilla. <laughs> yeah, not a thing. Yep. Oh, blue, blue vanilla. Oh, blue. so like cream soda, probably. Yeah, maybe. probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't think of that. Like the uh, frosty uh, Nesbits. Yep. Oh, Nesbits. Boysenberry. <laughs> There's a boysenberry <laughs> nice. ice. Wow. Bubble gum. Gross. Uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe it's good. I don't know. Cherry. Classic. Cherry lime. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Cola. Uh, yeah. Cola. Cola is delicious. 
cotton candy. Uh-huh. <laughs> how, how many are there? There's so many. I can't believe this. No one ever. This is going to be the whole, <laughs> well, the whole episode. It's, it's going to have to be now. Uh, frosted lemonade. Just grape, say it as fast as you can. Green apple, lemon lime, mango, mango, pineapple, orange, wow. mango, strawberry. Can you believe this? Okay, melon. Now, this is where it gets weird. Okay. Melon berry bliss. Okay. Yeah. Melon. Okay, okay, now, melon cream. Mmm. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> now, I check, like that. Check this one out. Okay. Mermaid. What do you call them? Oh, feet. What? There's a flavor of Icy's called Mermaid. See, I, hmm. I was building up to something. There's a flavor of Icy called Mermaid. Is it just like aquarium water? <laughs> That's what I'm trying to figure. Here, well, let's, let's, the ingredients are high fructose corn syrup, yeah. water, yeah. citric acid, natural yeah. and artificial flavors. So the natural flavor is just maybe like mermaid yes yeah, yeah they, they, they find scraping sales yeah yeah okay now mermaid scrapings that's what it, it gets better okay it's a better wow better they than have mermaid. yeah new frozen drinks now in cookie form <laughs> i shit you not it says this on the website this new dessert features buttery vanilla wafers filled with sweet icy flavored cream, cream icy flavored cream okay never mind I guess uh, that's, that's not as... still pretty weird. Yeah, isn't that weird? So, so you can get icy in cookie form, and then you can join the icy family. Can they uh, just fill a whole big cup with the, the cream? Ooh, yeah. Right? But yeah, no, join the icy family. Oh, okay, you know what the icy family is? The icy family is when I bring up politics at a, at a family reunion. It is that, but it's also... Uh-huh. Where you can start working for the IC company. Like the street team? <laughs> yes, there's a street team and and they book shows and they, you know, go out and yeah. they hand out flyers. Sticker up the, the town. Yeah. Promote on social media, record their podcasts. Damn. Well, okay, so what do we want to do about this? Do we want to like hit them up? See if they'll sponsor. <laughs> yeah. I then there's some mermaid or I think they blood owe orange us, or blood mermaid. You know, they owe us at least that much, Eric, for not informing us that there's a mermaid icy flavor. Yeah, that's I, true. So weird. Mermaid icy flavor. Uh, that's mm. literally, uh, there's other flavors, but I just was working yeah. my way up to that one. Working my way up to mermaid through the icy family. What else is going on? Uh, you know what else is going on? There's a lot of records out there that are being released by people who are from Iowa and Illinois and all these cool places oh. that are from the Midwest. It'd be cool if like uh, some people or maybe a podcast or something like rounded up a bunch of those and reviewed them all at the same time. Yeah. You know what? Huh. That sounds like a great idea for us to do maybe right now. We should try it. Yeehaw. You ain't from around here, are you, boy? What do you what do you think? <laughs> yeah. Do you... <laughs> Let's do the damn thing. Let's do the damn thing. All, All right. right. So you want me to start it off? Do it. Okay. So the first local release we're gonna talk about is uh from Monica Austin, and the name of this uh, record is Midwest Mama. Now, I am going to say this. This is kind of out of our wheelhouse a little bit. Uh, and I, what I mean by that is it's that it's um, something we just normally don't talk about music like this. However, um, I just couldn't help but be curious. From what I've seen, she is, uh, I, I am friends with her on Facebook and I do follow her. And I have noticed that she has just been putting in a lot of work with what it is that she does. And um, I just thought that it would be kind of cool to uh, talk about this uh, record. Um, and also it is kind of cool that this is coming out of Muscatine. This is straight up, I'm gonna pull no punches here. Straight up, um, pop country i think um it's not something that i i don't listen to a lot of this kind of country um but i also um think that it's very very well done and in fact 
I will say that um, as far as I can tell, this is possibly, honestly, the most professional um, sounding recording that I've heard coming from this area. This is just um, very well done. I mean, this literally sounds like it could be on the radio and it is on the radio um, around here. Uh, but I do know that Monica has been um, going out and touring and I, I believe that she's going to Texas and playing some festivals and has opened up for some fairly big names in country. And so I can't knock the hustle there by any means. Uh, so yeah, this is a legitimately a professional presentation. Uh, from a local artist, and that in itself is very impressive. One of the things that maybe a lot of people don't know about me is I, I actually really like country music, and I like a lot of different kinds of country music. I don't listen to it often, as I mentioned. However, when something catches my ear, it just catches my ear. And so I like some of the modern-day pop country Um but of course, my my favorite country is a lot of the classics. We're talking like Hank Williams, um, you know, we're talking Johnny Cash and all of that stuff. But I also like some Dwight Yoakam. And then when it comes to like maybe some more recent stuff, I like some of the stuff that I've heard. Um, I, I guess this is not too recent, but you know, I like some of the stuff that I even I've even heard from like Kenny Chesney and whatnot. But anyway, um, the songs on here are really great. I also do think that there is, and when I say modern pop country, there is also, I think, a straight up homage to some of the legendary older country as well. I mean, the opening track is called 90s Country, and it's kind of about how Monica wants to hear uh, more of the kind of country that was, you know, maybe big in the 90s, which I assume that's probably just sort of a coming from a place that that's what she grew up listening to. I think a lot of the lyrical content on here is kind of just about overcoming obstacles in her life. I think in some parts it's fairly vulnerable, but also kind of feisty. It is pretty slick, but not in a bad way. Um, I think this is just what, what she does and what she's passionate about. You can hear the hard work in her voice, in the music, as well as the passion. And um, yeah, this is, like I said, kind of out of my wheelhouse uh, for sure, but I can totally appreciate this. And I think it's just really cool that there's somebody from my hometown that is um, doing this, but also making it happen. Like I said, she I know she's going on the road. And, and like I said, there's definitely a professionalism that is, you just can't knock here. And um so yeah, uh, songs are really good. I think if you're really into this kind of country music, you're going to really, really like it. Um, as far as the stuff that I can sort of do a recommended if you like, and some of these comparisons may or may not be completely accurate, but I heard definitely a little bit of like Miranda Lambert, Ellie King, you know, some Carrie Underwood, but also, uh, you know, when we talk about sort of the homage to uh, some of the uh, past musical artists, a Dolly Parton, Shania Twain, Loretta Lynn all kind of comes in mind, but also, like I mentioned, Kenny Chesney. Um, there's also sort of, you know, some really great songwriting here, I think, too. And so I consider like Jason Isbell, for example, uh, who was once in the drive-by truckers, a really great songwriter in the country music world. And so I think anybody who's into country, um, I think you could probably find something that you like here. So yeah, um, Monica Austin, Midwest Mama. Uh, what did you think, Eric? I, um, believe it or not, uh, have a soft spot for this kind of stuff. It, sometimes I act like a big old elite person and like I only listen to avant-garde stuff and blah, blah, blah. But I came from the same place as probably just about everyone listening to this show, you know? So I spent a lot of time in different places, listening to different things. There was a good portion of time before I left Muscatine and after high school. Um, I hung out with my cousins a lot and I listened to a lot of country during that time. So like basically... I don't know, three, four, even five years of 
listening to Brooks and Dunn and Diamond Rio and and all that stuff. And um, yeah, I especially a lot of the female artists of that time, I really, really like them a lot. So anyway, Monica Austin uh, has a great voice. Uh, these are really good songs. Um, she knows exactly who she's writing for. And that's that. I mean, that is something that is not easy to do, you know, and it just feels like she's writing to uh, people that she knows and people that she uh, relates with and identifies with. The band doesn't really seem like Nashville players to me, and I'm not saying they're not good. What I'm saying is it's not perfection. It has a grungy kind of feel to it at times. Um, the guitars are not just the same old kind of Nashville Telecaster chicken picking kind of stuff. This has a bit of an edge to it. And, you know, the record starting with the song 90s Country uh, really sets the mood and it really informs you of what you're hearing uh, and what uh, the intention is. And, and there's a lot of little clues and Easter eggs and and uh, mentions about 90s country little, you know, things in that song. And I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, it is like radio country, but it's not like a lot of the modern country I've heard where like it's almost indistinguishable from like hip hop in a lot of ways. Like this isn't like that. I think, I think this really is rooted in that. In, um, and it's funny because we talk about like classic country and for Monica Austin and, and people her age and stuff, the nineties is classic country. So mm, good, point, I, good point. I think that that is the approach here. You know, I don't think this is trying to sound like old country road at all. It doesn't have any interest in that. And kind of like the people that were hearkening back to older times in the nineties, say like Dwight Yoakam or the Mavericks uh, things like that, that's kind of what's happening here too, you know, and I think that's really cool. But yeah, these, like I said, are anthems for Midwest Mamas. That is the name of the record and that is the intended audience and it nails it. And this is not a knock and I'm not making fun, but I've spent nights, I can't remember very much of them, but a lot of nights at Kermit's slash Mad Marv's in Fruitland. And this stuff would go over so well there these are straight up anthems and i think it's cool like i said i have a soft spot for this stuff there are certain songs from that era by female artists that rank incredibly high on my favorite songs lists uh like 18 wheels and a dozen roses strawberry wine uh someday soon is one of the best songs ever she's in love with the boy stuff like that i, yes. I think it's really amazing stuff and I don't talk about it that much because it really never comes up. So with that being said, I think this was really good. And I she's working hard for it and it's and it shows and it's cool. Uh things that it reminded me of. I don't know, musically, honestly, I feel like this was closer to like aspects of, I don't know, Alanis Morissette than it was country. Like I really hmm. do think the guitars are they have a they have a distortion to them, not like heavy by any means, but it's grimy for what it is. And that comes through and it's just a band playing songs. And I think that's cool. As far as vocally, um, I think Leanne Rhymes or people of that era, maybe even Martina McBride or Dina Carter, um, stuff like that. But yeah, I think this is I think this is cool and it's fun to listen to stuff like this and be able to talk about it. Cause we usually don't. So yeah. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. And you know, um, it's interesting because um, I just now kind of thought about this, you know, you've actually been in um, a couple of bands that sort of lean towards, you know, not country, but you know, like, like the old scratch revival singers and stuff, Eric, mm -hmm. you know? And so it totally makes sense to me that you went through a period of time where you listened to a lot of country. That's pretty interesting. Well, uh, you know, like I've said before, everything, everything we take in as musicians and songwriters, everything we take in gets filtered through us and comes back out. Absolutely. And so that stuff is, 
always there, whether it be just the way songs are arranged or the way melodies move or just uh, sounds themselves. Like you never, never lose any of that. It may not be uh, obvious, but it's all, it's all inside you still. The dark side is always there. So now for something completely different, as they say, um, we're going to talk about a project called Bleakin. Bleakin is out of Storm Lake, Iowa. Oh my gosh, hold on. Oh my gosh. What? Okay. What? I clicked, I clicked on Bleakin and uh, it started playing in my headphones. Oh, and it scared me. Sorry. I don't I, I didn't I didn't hear it. <laughs> so anyway, that gives you kind of uh, an idea of what we can what does. it is. Yeah. <laughs> the reaction that I just had. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so Bleakin is from Storm Lake, Iowa. The artist's name is Betty Coster. Uh Bleakin is intense. It is it's Bleakin is not easy to listen to. This yeah. track consists, uh, or this album consists of tr three tracks. The album I need to mention is called "The Long Bitter Winter," and uh, three tracks. Um, the first one is forty-two minutes long. Second is thirty-five, and the third track is twenty-eight minutes long. So, these are obviously long-form pieces. Uh, the Long Bitter Winter is a perfect title for this i feel like this is um maybe the sound of being stuck in a blizzard and basically the icy wind is shredding off your skin i guess is the way i might uh put it um but yeah so these are long ambient uh noise drone pieces um they spend a lot of time uh in in the space that they're in, they really let you sort of um, just live in in that space for a long time. Um, that's not to say they don't change. Over the course of the tracks, there are huge changes, um, sometimes imperceptible because of how slowly everything moves. It's like glacial, you know? It moves really slow. Um, it has a horror element to the whole thing, and not horror like subject matter or singing about scary things or even making scary noises there's like an existential dread to this music it's like i don't know it's like when you read or even just think about lovecraft and you think about how crazy you would actually go if you saw some of the gods or monsters in those stories and it it has a you know it has like a realistic feel to it you can put yourself in it anyway i know this is a lot of crazy words to try to describe music but it lends itself to that because it doesn't really guide you in any way it's just harsh and intense and long and scary i don't have any other words for it but um the noise is to the level that it's almost on the verge of static at times like literally white noise uh, very heavy mood and atmosphere like uh, hard to describe uh dark and icy just rolling waves of tension and dread i know i'm not really selling this right now this sounds like a bad experience but it's truly not it's pretty mind-blowing that someone could stay this committed to the feeling and the idea through the length of these tracks and it shows a really, I think, a really mature and just intense level of um, commitment. And I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it. That's about it. Uh, stuck in a blizzard, flesh ripping off. It, to me, reminds me of things like um, Mersbo, Granular Breath, who's Brian Barr uh, from A Seed, um, Throbbing Gristle, Wolf Eyes, some stuff like that. Uh but I love this, and I've been trying to work this into uh, being reviewed on our show for a long time now, because I just can't get over how original and intentional and committed it all is. It, it's just a really cool, really cool project. And I wish I knew more about it, but I don't. 
So anyway, what'd you think, Dan? Yeah. Um, there, I mean, you pretty much just nailed it down. I'm, I'm in pretty much total agreement with you. Everything that you said, um, terror, drone, noise, ambient, uh, frightening. I actually, what this is going to sound really maybe kind of stupid, very stupid, but what it reminded me of was that scene in the movie Tango and Cash where, um, Tango was uh, trying to escape the prison and he ended up, uh, or maybe it was cash. I don't remember which one, Kurt Russell, Sylvester Stallone. I don't remember which one it was went through this area and there was this fan that was like at the bottom of this hill of like water, basically like a waterfall. And he was it, it for a minute, for a minute, it looked like he was going to, like go down this like waterfall type thing and then get chopped up by the fan. Hmm. That whole time the fan was going. And I'm not saying that that's what this whole thing was like, but it's kind of what most of it was like. Hmm. Uh, hence the sitting in a blizzard with your flesh getting ripped off. This definitely was an intense experience. Um, it is mind blowing that, somebody was committed to making this for sure. What I really liked about it was the sense of mystery that's behind it. Like who is Bleakin? There's like an element of mystery to this whole project. And maybe that's just cause I haven't like, you know, looked into it much, but it's very hypnotic. Like, I will tell you that, like I sat here listening to it with my eyes closed and I was like in a trance. I mean, it's, it's really that intense. It really does take you to another place like that. And today was the perfect weather. It turns out to mm -hmm. finish listening to it. Um, I actually had to listen to it in segments because as you said, um, it's three tracks and the first track is like 42 minutes long. Mm -hmm. Everything that you said, it reminded you of Mersbo, Wolf Eyes, Throbbing Gristle. Um, I would also say it really reminded me of the Melvin's album, Colossus of Destiny, mm -hmm. which is the one noise album they did mm -hmm. with Adam Jones from Tool. And I guess they have a couple of other noise albums too, but that's the big one. Yeah, if you're into drone noise, ambient music, that's what this is. Oh, granular breath too. I definitely mm. heard similarities to that as well. And yes, shout out to Brian. Um, but yeah, bleak in the long, bitter winter. And it sounded like a long, bitter winter for sure. <laughs> that's, that's what it sounded like. And also getting um, chopped up by a fan in an action movie from the yeah. 80s. Nice. So. <laughs> and I apologize for my really horrible description of that tango and cash. So, uh, no, I, um, I don't know if I've ever seen tango and cash. And now... <sighs> Now I'm going to, because if it made you think of Bleakin, then, I mean, it's got to be good. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's kind of one of, I feel like it might be one of those movies where you had to see it kind of when it was out hmm. to appreciate mm -hmm. it. Um, Cause I could see how some of the stuff in it might be a little outdated now, mm -hmm. but it's one, it, it's straight up probably is my favorite eighties action movie about, really irresponsible cops who um, overstep their boundaries and misuse mm. their power all the time and never seem to be in uniform when they're doing it. So how I, could these people I, know they're cops? Yeah. I just, re I, I, this whole time I thought you were talking about Turner and Hooch. <laughs> oh, that, I mean, that's another example. That's a light like, example. Wow. There's a really intense, fan death scene in Turner and Hooch. <laughs> <laughs> is Turner and Hooch, is that the one where um, Tom, Tom Hanks is in that one, right? Yeah, and uh, some kind of dog. Dog, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's like, I do remember there was one scene where he goes into a bar and he um, uh, brings the dog in with him and uh, has the dog like, uh, six the dog on the guy's balls to make him talk. You remember that? <laughs> Uh, I don't even know if I've seen Turner. <laughs> You've never seen Turner. I don't know. I'm oh, not sure. Well, I'll just stop talking about eighties action movies then. Uh, yeah. Uh, I do recommend <laughs> if you're into that kind of stuff, I do recommend Turner. uh, not Turner and Hooch. I recommend Tango and Cash. <laughs> okay. 
Tango sleep. and Cash and Turner. Uh, Tango and Hooch. Yeah. Turner yep. and Cash. <laughs> cash and Hooch. That's what cash, I'm all about. <laughs> cash and Hooch. <laughs> That's a good one right there. <laughs> um, and all the lethal weapons. Hmm. I'm well, into those too. At least the, oh, first the movies, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The movie. <laughs> yeah. Hooch Cash and Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon. <laughs> um, all right. So I guess that leads uh, us to Mark Hand's Soul Walter. Sure. Uh, Broken Wheels. Uh, this is a new EP from Mark Hand's Soul Walter. Um, I believe he is residing in the Quad Cities right now. Um, I've known Mark for a little while now. He used to play in uh, some bands with a uh, guy named MJ Dunlap from Muscatine, Iowa. He was in um, Rosalie Motor Revival, which was a side project from this band called Burn Ends. But Mark has always done solo stuff. And um, he's always had um, a pretty interesting take, I think, on the sort of, I hate to use this, description but i i really honestly can't think of any other way to say it but sort of folky singer songwriter genre i guess because i really i i don't know what else to really describe this as i don't know indie rock maybe i'm not really sure but it's um just a, a few really really good songs as mark's uh presentation always is um on his records um and there's always quite a few different instruments uh, a little bit of instrumentation going on like uh some piano some acoustic guitar there's some viol i think a violin uh maybe an organ or two i'm not really 100 percent sure what's all on here but it does look like it at least some of it is also a collaboration with Sky Carrasco, I believe. Do you know who that is, Eric? I most definitely do. You and do I can know. Talk who that about is. that more when okay. I. Okay, so I, I do believe that this record was in collaboration with her. At least, I'm not sure if the whole record is or not, but nonetheless, um, Mark has a very cool voice. He's got a twang to it kind of and kind of a somewhat of a um quirkiness to it um that it really kind of puts me in mind of isaac brock from modest mouse a little bit or doug marsh from built to spill or a little bit of maybe bonnie prince billy or will oldham as he's also known but yeah the songs are just really well written you know there's definitely kind of a um bedroom recording feel to it i i wouldn't call this lo-fi but there definitely is maybe somewhat of that that feeling to it a little bit the stuff that this reminds me of uh well as i mentioned earlier will oldham for sure i think there was definitely a little bit of uh bright eyes um, a little bit of Jim Sullivan, some of the uh, Elephant Six stuff a little bit, like Neutral Neutral Milk Hotel, Mountain Goats, stuff like that. And yeah, I mean, I don't really have much more to say about this, except that I think it's really good. And uh, Mark, if you're listening, great job as always. If you're into sort of the um, singer-songwriter solo type side of indie rock, I think that this is... Uh, this is exactly what that's going for, and this is exactly what that what that is achieving. What did you think, Eric? Yeah, I was um, pretty blown away by this. I I knew Mark when I was younger, and then we sort of reconnected a couple years ago at a show in the Quad Cities. Um, but yeah, I think this is just very squarely freak folk, and it's you know of the highest order. I would put it up against any of the other freak folkers. It's mellow, but it takes a lot of risks. There's a lot of strange sounds uh, that permeate through this whole release. It keeps you ungrounded, which is kind of nice. You never know what's going to happen next. And it just adds to the arrangements, which are also really inventive and really cool. Great instrumentation throughout, a lot of cool synths. I mean, there's just, you know, the acoustic guitar sounds great. Um, but yeah, Sky is also on this. Sky 
is a good friend of mine and uh she played in a band with me old scratch for quite a long time we've played well, she was in old scratch yeah and uh we've played huh. in other projects and we've worked together and she's great uh she's an amazing violinist she's also uh, has an amazing voice and she's really creative and inventive with uh just soundscapes and stuff and um i'm not sure if if some of the um more uh strange sounds and things like that where sky's doing or if she just added violin i'm not sure her level of involvement but if you can have sky involved in your project then you are lucky and it's just going to enhance what you're already doing but yeah she sounds great on this uh mark has a really nice voice like really really nice and enjoyable and also interesting like not nice in a boring way nice and like you want to hear him sing more and that's really cool um i got nothing but confidence from this recording just like this is someone who knows exactly what they're doing and exactly how they want to do it and it's it's just really good mm -hmm. um yeah i don't really have other things other than what you said um i heard bright eyes i heard ne neutral milk hotel um elliot smith um, maybe some older stuff like Nick Drake or whatever. Um, and yeah, I think if you're into any of that stuff, then this is just a really, really cool uh, release and you're going to like it. Fantastic stuff for sure. Nice. All right. So the next one um, comes to us from Jack Christensen. Jack is also a good friend of mine. I, I swear this isn't just a podcast where we view our friends, but it doesn't hurt. So, you know, <laughs> but yeah, Jack and I are good friends. I have been for a long time. He, this record is called, it looks different at night came out just now. And, uh, Jack's been working on it for quite a long time. And I think, uh, it has to do with just real life. You know, he's a busy guy. And so he's been wanting to do this for a while and he has done it and it's awesome. And I'm glad he has it out and we all get to hear it. Jack played bass in the beat strings and that part of uh, this record, I think you can hear the bass lines are really cool and they move and he's beyond proficient at the, at that. But the bass, I don't really think is the star of the show here. There's a couple of competing elements that could easily be said that it's the focal point, but Jack's voice is really cool and he does a lot of different things with it. I guess I should talk about the music before that, though, so we kind of have a foundation for it. So this is surprising to me because Jack coming out of the beat strings, that's really what I expected to hear when this when he put this out. Instead, it is like dark wave. It's like, I don't even know how to say it, like early indie dark wave stuff it's like almost verging on goth but it's not that obvious but yeah his voice works really well for it he does um it's almost a like a baritone crooner type thing at times a hushed sort of um hidden kind of vocal if that makes any sense he just does this so well and with such conviction that it's amazing. I don't ever remember having a conversation with him about this type of music. And obviously we should have, because he he loves it and you can hear it. This is basically a love letter to early indie, no wave, dark wave stuff, um, but with a pop sort of element to it. Um, he's not afraid of a good melody. He's not afraid of a good hook. So yeah, there's some other people that are on this. Um, Nalani Proctor does some vocals on it, which is cool. Landon Strauss, also from the Beat Strings, plays drums on a couple things. And so there's a lot of good people on this, and they're all committed to what this is. And it it was surprising, and it's really amazing, and I like it a lot. Things that it reminds me of, honestly, put on the Donnie Darko soundtrack. I don't know, you know, like... That is where a lot of this is coming from. Echo and the Bunny, not that soundtrack, but that era and that style. Echo and the Bunnymen, NXS, The Church, uh, The Cure, Joy Division, just a lot of stuff like that. So I would say if you're into that sort of dark wave 
uh, sort of pop indie moment in time, then you're not going to do any better than this. And yeah, and it's great. And I'm really stoked that Jack is putting this music out. What do you think, Dan? I thought this was extraordinary. This was absolutely amazing. I I was actually really blown away by this release. I did not realize that Jack Christensen was in the beat strings with Landon. Mm-hmm. And knowing that Landon played on this makes a lot of sense because, I mean, the instrumentation, as you mentioned, is just phenomenal. Uh, but like you said, Eric, um, while he is definitely, a, an amazing bass player there are definitely some other elements to this that i think kind of define it maybe a little bit more i i am in agreement with you about the uh dark wave element i definitely mm-hmm. think especially early on in the record i feel like jack's voice definitely had that sort of gothic element to it but i i do have a, maybe a slightly different take on it in that what this really reminded me of overall is, and this is just kind of a hodgepodge of words, uh, Mm -hmm. genres like mashed together. But the best way that I could really describe this would be like synth grunge, indie power pop, like in a lot of, a lot of the songs had that dark wave Gothic element. But I also think that there was, also kind of this quirkiness to it as well that mm-hmm. and I, I know i've been using that word quite a bit <laughs> in, in these reviews <laughs> but i don't know there were times where his voice like you kind of mentioned that he does a lot of things with his voice and i kind of feel there were times where he would kind of almost like i don't know if, if i would say change the style of his voice but there were a few songs on here where he would sound like, like, as you mentioned, Robert Smith or, you know, something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But then there were other times where I would say he had almost like a Jeff Magnum meets Doug Marsh quality to it Mm -hmm. a little Mm -hmm. bit. So that kind of brings in the indie rock side of things, I think. Mm -hmm. So I think that there was kind of like two different holes that kind of came together to make this one cohesive sound if that makes any sense and that's what i think is just really extraordinary about it for me is that it was just um i don't know i kind of feel like for me anyway i heard like kind of a melding of like power pop like like you said like early indie rock but also a little bit of the guitars were a little bit grungy to me as well. Mm-hmm. And then this sort of Gothic element that you mentioned as well. And yeah. overall it was just really great. There was sort of this reverb on the guitar, which I think also kind of added a little, just a slight psychedelic element mm-hmm. a little bit, but I don't know the stuff that this really overall reminded me of was apples and stereo, mm-hmm. um, the rentals, Brainiac, a little bit of Ty Siegel, and even a little bit of sound science. Mm, so, cool. it, but then also, I would, I could also totally see uh, Joy Division, and I could see, I, I could see how this could remind somebody of the of all of those as well. New, mm-hmm. even like New Order to a certain extent, yeah, or even like a Dark Wave Weezer. <laughs> like, you know, because yeah. some of these songs were straight up just catchy, sure. and I think that. I think Jack was unapologetically embracing a power pop side, mm-hmm. like yeah. straight up. The songs were catchy. The songs were great. Yeah, man. I, I was blown away by this. Um, yeah. Really, really great pick, man. Really great nice. Pick. Sweet. Um, and it, it makes so much sense knowing that he was uh, a member of the beat strings as well. Um, yeah. Also, I had no idea that Nalani Proctor was on this record as well. Mm-hmm. Pretty so cool. That's really cool. Okay. Cool. All right. So next up is Why Bother? Lacerated Nights. This is amazing to me. I really loved this. I'm very, very curious um, what you heard in this as well, Eric, because um, so just mm-hmm. a little bit of a behind the scenes look here. Um we actually were uh, originally going to review 
a release that they put out called There Are Such Things. But then Eric found out that that was more of a B-sides collection. So I actually ended up listening. And you did you listen to There Are Such Things as well, Eric? Yeah, I did. Okay. And so we both ended up listening to There Are Such Things, but then we decided to do Lacerated Nice because that was more of a an actual album. Uh, but what I got to say, and the reason why I brought that up is because I kind of feel like uh, what I heard in There Are Such Things uh, also kind of, I want to mention a couple things about that um, in relation to this band as a whole. Uh, but lacerated uh, nights. The first thing that I'm going to say is that I had a blast listening to this record. I think that it's really fun, and maybe that's not what the intention is. But to me, uh, some of it seemed pretty uh, tongue in cheek. It did seem like there was a sense of humor at hand, uh, but also kind of an angst a little bit as well. The best way that I could really sort of describe this music would be it's a blend of like synth punk garage surf and horror punk so again it's kind of a bunch of different things sort of like the jack christensen record although this is a quite a bit of a different thing than that record was one thing that i really enjoyed is the vocalist i think had a a really just rad voice what I really liked about it was uh, that there was a reverb on his voice that just totally sounded, I can't think of any other way to describe it, but insane. I really, really just liked the way that the vocals were on this entire record. So one of the things that I want to say is that vocally, he kind of reminded me of, I don't know, like Jay Riotard or, Ty Siegel and sort of like garagey stuff. I mean, that's kind of the best description that I can think of, or maybe even like a little bit of like Iggy pop, which I think there were elements of that going on in the music as well on some of the songs that were on the other release. And I'm sorry, I don't want to turn this into a review of both, but I just want to say that there were some things that reminded me of like had kind of a snarly quality that reminded me a little bit of like Mark Arm and Thurston Moore from Sonic Youth, which I think this record, this band actually kind of had like a, like a mud honey feel to me a little bit as well as all the other things that I mentioned musically. It just touches on so many elements of rock music. I think that there's some organ going on, definitely some synths, which I think that adds the horror punk element to it. So Mm -hmm. Uh, as unfamiliar as I am with the cramps and even the misfits to a certain extent, I could s- probably see how somebody could find comparisons with that going on here. This definitely is just straight up a rock record, but definitely has a, I feel just, uh, not giving a fuck attitude in a lot of ways. And I don't mean that in terms of, It's a really tight performance. It's not don't give a fuck in a sloppy sense, but it's just kind of like, like they just seem not to really care how the music is, is coming out and the perceptions that people may have about the music. There, there, there definitely is like almost kind of a, I don't know, a middle fingeredness to it, I guess you could say. And that's what I think is, is really cool. Some of these, the things that I, I found in common, uh, like the recommended, if you'd like, are not necessarily because I think that they remind me of the band per se, but um, just the attitude, I guess you could say for lack of a better way to describe it. But Ty Siegel, Jay Riotard, as I mentioned, especially the band Lost Sounds, which we reviewed a record of theirs way back when. That mm-hmm. was one of our earlier episodes. As I mentioned, Mud Honey, I, I would definitely say Sonic Youth, the Stooges, uh, the band Human Eye. And yeah, a lot of a lot of stuff. And and I'm just kind of I can't think of all of them, but we've reviewed a pretty I I guess like cherry cheeks kind of comes to mind, Mm -hmm. like some of that sort of angsty garage rock stuff or whatever. 
Um, but we've reviewed a fair amount of that stuff, I feel, on this podcast. So any of that stuff, I think you would really anybody who's into that stuff, I think would really enjoy it. And la- while Lacerated Nights is the album, I also do think that there are such things as fantastic. And I'm sorry to kind of make my review about both of them, but I just sort of like, I, I really enjoyed both of them. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I just wanted to kind of put that out there. And then I think both were really, really great listens. Yeah. Uh, what did you think, Eric? Yeah. I, this is, this was so cool. Like, I, I don't know. Like you said, this is antagonistic in its own way. Like, they make it clear, not just with the music and how it's made and the attitude of the music, but even the the write-up of the, you know, the record or whatever. Like, it's like we make music for ourselves and we don't promote it online and we don't really care what you think and we're not going to play live. And, you know, it's just like, it's right there. The attitude is there. And luckily they can back it up. The music is also there. It's so cool. It's like this awesome dark edged 77 style punk, but also with a lot of synthesizer. Like, I mean, it's a huge part of the sound and not like in a fun way, like in a brooding kind of dark way you know like like almost like organs at a lot of times you know um it can be lazy and plodding at times which just adds to that sort of irreverence it can be really fast at times but still retain that kind of laid backness really cool sounds on everything the guitars have the perfect tone the bass has the perfect tone the drums they're tight where they need to be and they're loose and kind of tribal when they need to be this, like I said, the synth is so cool throughout. I This just is one of those things that seems to have come out of nowhere, but obviously from somewhere, this is very referential to cool shit from the past, but also like, where did this come from? Why? This is from Mason City, and why have we never heard of this? And you know what I mean? Like, I guess they've been around for a, l- a couple of years. They put out a few things now. I think this is the second full length. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, some other releases of things like that, like the tape we talked about, um, there are such things, which was amazing. When I listened to that and then I read the liner notes, I was kind of like, oh, this seems to be sort of like a B-side or like um rarities kind of comp or whatever. And I wanted to cover something that was more of a, full-length release. So that's why we went back and did the Lacerated Nights. But the tape is super cool in its own way. Like it is, when I was listening to it, it reminded me exactly of the local punk stuff I heard when I was growing up and you would get a tape from somewhere and it'd be like, oh shit, this band's cool. Like, like Bloody Nose was a band I had a tape from from the Quad Cities and I I listened to it until I wore the tape out and this has that sort of element to it this is very lo-fi DIY yet amazingly thought out and played and I I can't really say enough about it like I really enjoyed this and I I don't know especially on the other cassette the low it's like lo-fi to the point that the recording device becomes almost its own instrument. Like yeah. the sound of the tape and the hiss and all of that is just as important almost as anything actually being played. Um, and it all just has this attitude, you know, uh, but yeah, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know have a lot else to say about it. Just really cool songs, great performances, untouchable vibe. Uh, things that it reminded me of the darker side of early punk. So like, like the damned, like phantasmagoria, that album, that era of the damned and even earlier stuff too, is like, as far as the speed and the sounds and stuff, a lot like the damned, uh, Jay retard, like you said, uh, especially vocally, uh, TSOL, uh, killing joke, Chelsea, uh, the surfiness of the plugs, uh, zero boys, 
uh, Mommy's Little Monster Era Social D, which is going to, that sounds weird, but I heard a bit of early Mike Ness in the vocals a little bit too. Uh, sort of the attitude of Dead Moon. Yeah, I, I'm i going to listen to the shit out of this tape yeah, and the rest of them too, because it, this is, it was just so cool. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know if they'd ever hear this or respond to it or whatever, but I would love to hear from these guys and, and try to start to understand where this all came from. So absolutely amazing. Like their whole thing is why bother, you know? (laughs) Right. And so like, and that, that is a fitting name for a band. If I've ever heard one, man. Yeah. Like, and, and that's not putting any sort of negative. It's not in a negative way either. I just feel like they're just, we're just going to do this thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And that's the vibe that I'm getting. It, it it really is amazing. It truly is everything that Eric's saying about how amazing it is. It truly is. Yeah. I, I can't say enough good things about it, honestly. Yeah. Yep. I, I really can't. Um, okay. So that then moves on to the last release that we're going to talk about. Um, and this is a single. So this is just one song and it's literally about two minutes and eight seconds long. And it is one of the catchiest songs that I've heard coming from a Muscatine band. I mean, we just talked about Monica Austin, who is definitely doing some catchy songs as well. Uh, The other side of that that's going on in Muscatine right now, there definitely is something in the water in Muscatine, it seems like. (laughs) Um, Everybody's just being catchy these days. That's not a bad thing. Uh, Eugene Levy. So these guys, I know two members of Eugene Levy, and that's um, uh, Brian Noel Martinez, who's the singer. Really, really nice guy. And then um, Brian uh, Taylor, but also known as Brian Wilson, um, who he's actually been in bands. He's kind of a veteran of the music scene. He used to be in uh, the band Valen from a long Mm -hmm. time ago. I don't know if you remember them or not, Eric. Mm -hmm. Um, And he also... uh, was in a, a band I remember called Exit Two Twelve. Uh, I'm I'm really showing my age here because this was literally like late '90s, early 2000s. So yeah, this is just unbelievably catchy. Like this, this is so very well produced. Performance is stellar. Songwriting is stellar. Brian has an amazing voice for this style of music. Their uh, guitar player, who I believe is Cameron, fantastic guitar tone. I mean, it's just, it is really just well done. Uh, Drums are great. And I mean, this is, again, just like Monica Austin, this stuff. And and they actually have been, they've also been making some waves as well. Um, I know that this song and at least three of their other songs are played regularly on the radio station in Muscatine. And yeah, they're just, they're getting out there and and doing it, man. This is just a really, really uh, well done slab of pop punk. And there really is not much more that I can say about it. This, this is the sound of a band knowing exactly what they're going for. uh, And they're clearly passionate about this kind of stuff and clearly proud of it. So yeah, um, it's really cool stuff if you're into this kind of thing. I mean, some of the uh, things that it reminds me of, um, and this is maybe going to sound a little, I might be using some of the most dated examples because I love pop punk, but I haven't really admittedly uh, delved into much past I don't know. I'm going to say probably the year 2002 when it comes to like pop punk. Um, But newfound glory comes to mind. Blink 182 a little bit to a certain extent saves the day. Um, Some Reggie in the full effect, maybe a little bit of the get up kids. I would also say that I don't think that it would be too out of the ordinary for someone who, likes the death kill overdrive album to also Mm -hmm. like eugene levy as well yeah it's just really well done pop punk um they haven't put out an official album or like a full length i think they put out an ep a few years ago but they they keep dropping singles which you know in this day and age that might be the smartest way to go about it anyway so 
Um, I can't fault them for that. Um, it clearly what they're doing is working and, you know, um, yeah. So Eugene Levy, uh, really well done pop punk. Uh, what do you think, Eric? Yeah. I, you know, um, in this case, I also, I don't have a lot to add mostly because my, of my, uh, lack of knowledge regarding, uh, pop punk. Like I don't know much about it and I haven't listened to very much of it, but I can say that this is super tight and super clean and catchy. And yeah, like I have to say catchy again, because it, it really is just, uh, super catchy and poppy, um, tons of energy. It never lets up. Yeah. It's upbeat, but it still has an edge to it. I don't, it's not like, like cheesy ska or something, you know, like that has an edge to it. And it's fast and, and heavy in its own way, but super, super fun. I, yeah, I, I wish I had more to say about it. It's also hard to hear, you know, a lot of uh, distinctions between what the songwriting that they do is and, and the instrumentation and the playing uh, because this is just one track. So yeah, that kind of limits my understanding of where this is coming from. I don't really have the same kind of reference points as I would with a full link, but I will say it's super well done. I've heard a lot about these guys, um, not just from people that know them, like they're, they're doing a lot and uh, working it. it's really cool. Um, I even have less comparisons than you would. I would say things that I've heard uh, the Ataris uh, less than Jake, maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like, I have very, very little experience in all that, but I would say if that's, if that's your thing and yeah, death kill overdrive for sure. Uh, cut from the same cloth, you know? Um, and if that's your sort of thing, then there's no way you're not going to like this. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good stuff. There's a lot of really, really great stuff going on in the Midwest music scene right now. I just want to remind everyone, all you listeners out there, if you're in a band or, you know, you know of a band uh, from this area or anywhere. It doesn't even have to be from this area because um, we definitely talk about national acts as well. Mm -hmm. But um, particularly um, for the local roundup episodes, if you know of any bands are in one and you want us to, uh, you think we should be talking about them, you know, send them our way. Uh, hit us up on um, yeah. Instagram or Facebook, you know? Yeah. Th those are the two places where we're at. And, uh, I don't know um, if you've tried the mermaid icy, let me know what it's like. Sure. I would like to hear about that as well. Yeah. That yeah. is something mm -hmm. I, I almost think we should do an icy episode and I wouldn't mind actually like uh, talking to the uh, guy who runs the ice. Like we should suspend um, our music show for one episode, just mm -hmm. to talk to the icy guy and find out what, now, which icy guy? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there's got to be a guy like who's behind the whole thing, right? Oh, you mean I mean, Mister Icy, the guy. Yeah, that yeah, Mister Icy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, I would just like to talk to the guy, and then also I would love to get sponsorship from Icy. Right. Um, so yeah, and, I, I mean, and I, I'm technically a polar bear, so that mm -hmm. works out. Anyway, just... <laughs> I've gone too far again. Yeah. Well, I mean, when when have we not gone too far on our excursions, our weekly excursions, Eric? Yeah, our weekly excursions into the mind. Mm -hmm. The mind of of the Midwest. The mind of the Midwest and the ice machines. I don't want to be in the mind of the Midwest. <laughs> I mean, we kind of are, though, aren't we? Maybe the music, music, you know. I, the music mind? Yeah. The, the sound mind. mind. We're of sound mind. Of the sound mind. mind. Oh, yeah. man, that's a good one. Yeah, wow. of sound mind. Accelerator thrust. Of sound mind. Wow. It's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It's not, it's huh. not bad. Well, that's my contribution for the week <laughs> to society. What about you, Eric? You got anything, anything else bubbling up? Anything else you want to tell our... Uh, are, uh, you know, um, I don't know, the icy guy before we leave or something? Yeah, actually, you know, uh, I love ICs and <laughs> I always have, but I do have to say it is almost heartbreaking when you suck all the flavor out. And oh, then you gosh. you just have to eat all that 
slightly flavored ice with the spoon mm-hmm. straw. It's like kind of a traumatic experience. And so I guess I would like to ask Mr. Icy if um if there's any way you could just have flavor all the time. And yeah. I know it's my fault for drinking it so fast, mm-hmm. right? And just drinking all the flavor. Because you can drink it slow and, and stir in the flavor and then you can do it, but I I don't want to get upset about it, but it's just like it's a real, it's a really, it's a sad thing. Yeah. I well, don't think Mr. Icy thinks about how it makes people feel. That also reminds me, I'd also like to have a word with Mr. Snow Cone also. So, because that's even worse. That's even more heartbreaking when you have a snow yeah. cone and it's like, it because it literally does just turn to like plain ice when you suck all the flavor out of the snow cone. At least with the icy, you have somewhat. Uh, uh, yeah. I don't really need to talk to uh, Mister Tropical Snow or Hawaiian Shaved Ice because no, I figured really out a way. That shit on there. <laughs> I yeah, and I've really figured out a way to make sure that I mm. still have all the mm-hmm. sticky sweet goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so if you want to know Dan's Tropical Snow secrets. Mm-hmm. go ahead and reach out to us <laughs> yeah absolutely all right well um i think that that covered pretty much everything for this week uh-huh. don't you yeah. eric we talked about ices mm-hmm. snow uh, snow cones boy uh, when you put it like that else. when you put music, it like music that, we talked about oh, okay i was gonna say because when you put it like that it <laughs> felt like that was the only thing we covered <laughs> you know other than music i think that might be it that might yeah. be it yeah that that might just be it well, All right, you know, well, it's an icy day. We basically got tropical snow to pond today. So, yeah, it's in the air. <laughs> All right, Mr. Icy and everybody else who's listening, uh, thank you for tuning in. And we'll hopefully uh, you'll hear from us next week if you decide to tune in again. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Goodbye. Green apple, lemon lime, mango, mango, pineapple, orange, mango, strawberry. Can you believe this?